the most successful teams that I've seen are, are the more diverse ones. Don't give up. I, I fought and fought for a year and eventually they had to. My uh, profile didn't match with the other profiles, which were, you know, men. Yeah. And, you know, they were white men. Ruji Mamu, a dynamic leader in procurement and corporate social responsibility, seamlessly blends her professional expertise with her role as mayoress of Camden. Nazma Rahman, deputy mayor and a devoted advocate for youth and community welfare in Camden, combining her expertise in public health, nutrition. I've got to do something more to become a better role model to my daughter. It doesn't matter if you, you know, you can do it. Yeah. You just need to be dedicated and passionate about it. Just follow your dream. It takes a time, but you'll get there. So where did I start? Um, so I had an arranged marriage when I was okay. 19. Wow. Uh, you lived in the UK? In the UK. Okay. Yeah. And um, I had both of my children by the time I was 21. Mm-hmm. And um, I was just really content, you know, just um, doing what I was supposed to do. Yes. Uh, being a, I, I had in-laws that I was caring for. I had my children. Uh, I had my lovely husband who, you know, life was just bliss. And yeah. uh, I was happy in my my little environment. And actually it was when uh, my children were sort of two and three years old and they're like role playing. So, you know, they don't have much of an age gap. And uh, my son was, you know, driving to work. <laughs> my daughter was at home cooking yes. and cleaning. And I thought, oh, I better do something. She needs a better yeah. role model. Um, so that's when I... Because they do watch you. Yeah. They watch they you do. like a hawk. My, my youngest, uh, no, my eldest, Harry, he's exactly the same. And yeah. even though it's really annoying because he doesn't see me working because a lot of the time I'll go and collect him. Yeah. Um, and we have a home office because we work from home and James is often in there and that's sort of James's office. Cause I'll just, yeah. I'm happy to work for the table or work, you know, from anywhere, coffee shops and stuff. But James likes his office and Harry loves to go in there and he's like, daddy, I'm working. Mummy, I'm working. <laughs> um, you know, all of this sort of stuff. And he, yeah. they dropped me off, um, this morning and I said, I've got to go to work. Harvey, I'm going on the train. He goes, you're going to work? <laughs> I was like, yes, I work every day. What work? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But they, they do just watch they you. Do. They do. They I mean, do. I mean, it's, it's not that. Look, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed being at home and taking care of them. And for me, that, that was equally as, as fun and yeah. interesting. But the fact that, you know, my son was, he was portraying a, showing his potential of there's so much more I can do. Yeah. And my daughter was, she just looked really bored. Yeah. You know, the role model that she, or the role play that she was playing, you know, she was really bored. Yeah. Um, and, and I just felt, you know, there's, there's more potential and, and I need to be a better role model to her. So, um, uh, I started to, uh, uh, go and, and uh, look for work, which I found a bit difficult because I'd only finished uh, A yeah. level. So I didn't even, I didn't have experience. I didn't have qualification. Uh, I was turned away by, by a lot of agencies because I'm a young uh, mother. So um, I went to evening college and um did a course in bookkeeping okay numbers come easily <laughs> yeah and when I looked at the job market there there was a lot of roles around accounting and finance so I did a bookkeeping course which got me into part-time work um and then eventually when the children started to go um 
into full-time school, um, I took a full-time role because those days we didn't have much support with childcare. So um, it was actually there. I was working uh, for a large pharmaceutical company in the finance department. Okay. And the and I, uh, one of the uh, the treasury assistants, she was off sick for a period of time, and so I was shadowing her. And um, then the she wasn't returning, and they were oh, um, okay. advertising the role. And I thought, well, you know, I've received Employee of the Month award and good yeah. feedback and I'll go apply for it. And my boss actually took me aside and gave me some friendly advice that oh, um, okay. he's going to be kind to me and, and take the application out of the process. And I asked him why, because I was doing the role and getting good feedback. And Why is that kind to you? He <laughs> told me <laughs> that... Um, my uh, profile didn't match with the other profiles, which were, you know, men. Yeah. And, you know, they were white men and they would be able to uh, travel and uh, give more um, time and attention than mm-hmm. the, uh, the role required. I, I didn't realize at that time that I was being discriminated against. Yes. Um, and I just realized it didn't feel good. Mm. And I went home and I shared it with my husband and he said to me, you've got to do what feels right for you Yeah, and I'll stand by you. Um, and oh. I thought about it all evening and night. And then um, I went back the next day and I resigned. And um, he said to me that I was making a big mistake and, you know, I'd regret it. Yeah. And I don't know where it came from, but as I was leaving, I said to him, look me up in a year's time. <laughs> I got into the lift and had that poker face and when yeah. the lift door shut. Um, have you ever watched Bridget Jones? Yeah. No. Oh, okay. No, I haven't. That reminds me of like when she when she leaves and then she's like walking down the stairs and she's all confident. And, yeah. yeah. Oh gosh. Well, that's it. I was so confident and the lift door shut and then I was like, oh sugar, I've got to do something now. Oh. <laughs> And, and that was actually, although it was a bad experience, the way I took it was it was to really motivate me to go and do something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But saying that, and, and then I was headhunted by Syngenta and, and I moved to Syngenta. And actually, my boss there, um, the first time I met him, he um, showed me an organization chart. And okay. he said to me, this is where the CEO sits and this is where you sit. Mm. You have an incredible amount of potential and you're brilliant at your work. So you can either go this direction, this direction. Yeah. You decide on the direction and it's my job to help you realize your potential. Wow. Oh. And so, you know, I had one boss who he'd really made me feel like, you know, yeah. you can't do this. And another boss who said, you know, it's unlimited. You could do whatever you want to do. Mm. So, you know, they were both men. They were both yep. white. So I'm not – I think – it's all about the experiences that, um, you know, how you take it. And so for me, that was the beginning of I've got to do something more to become a better role model to my daughter. But also I have to become a leader that can help open those doors for others as yeah. well. Um, uh, yeah. So and, and then the rest of it is just, yeah. And one, use one your experience to raise awareness and 
let everybody know that, you know, it's not okay just to, um, if, if you're not happy, to not do what you want to do. Correct. At the mm-hmm. end of the day. And I think as well, I think sometimes we both, uh, me and my partner, obviously came from um, a, a previous company where it was always sort of very, very much drilled into you that, um, whoever worked late, whoever worked the most yeah. was mm. the was the best person, you know, all of this sort of stuff. And I hated it because you felt like you couldn't take sick leave. I remember, um, and I was in, you know, business development and advertising. So I was on the phone all the time talking to clients. Mm. And I remember having glandular fever so bad that I could barely talk. But I was so worried about going or, or having leave that I still went into the office mm-hmm. and I was still making these calls, even though I was barely able to speak and I was so ill. And I think it makes you worse as well. It does. And I think my, like even, so when me and my partner set up our business, Stroud and Clark, one of my things is, especially with the, um, with the employees, is if you're sick, have a day off because yeah. sometimes your body just needs that day mm-hmm. to recuperate and you could feel better. But if you carry on, then you will feel even worse. Yeah. And I always say to them, even if I email you late at night, please don't reply. Yeah. I don't expect you to reply. I have two young children. Me and my partner run our own business from home. It's our life is hectic. So we just try and do as much work when we can, you know. Um, So I always say to them, don't work out of hours if you want to. Great. That's, that's, That's your choice. But we don't encourage it. We... I personally would rather somebody work smarter yeah. mm. in a short period of time. I mean, there, there's been studies in um, Switzerland and things like that where they're having a six-hour working day where they work Monday to Thursday and they get so much more work done than working a full week, nine to five, Monday to Friday. Then, you know, exactly. in this other business, we were encouraged to work on a weekend because that that's what would um, get results and, you know, you'd be classed as, um, you know, star memberships of the team and you know th- and you just think that's rubbish yeah who makes up those mm-hmm. rules yeah i know really difficult so tell me about a little bit yeah okay this. it's my turn now <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah um so i was also uh had had an arranged marriage yeah. and did you know each other both at the time when you had your arranged marriage yeah, yeah we, so were at we were at school together we were at school together and so we went to campus for girls if it's okay to mention yeah absolutely yeah, and yeah. Um, also her parents and oh, so parents, both they were friends around this area then, yeah, yeah. yeah this area. I, I was born in camden and i grew oh, wow. up here yeah. Yeah. okay brilliant so we're camden girls <laughs> <laughs> So I actually, my marriage was arranged just after when I had done my GCSE before even my results came. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, so anyway, long story short, those days, like we were, our parents were probably learning mm. uh, because we were one of their first child and they th- thought it was normal. Mm. And um, we just obeyed with what our parents made the decision, although I wasn't happy because yeah. I wanted to study. But I didn't have the voice to say or the courage to say, yeah, you know, strongly, but I did say it softly. It but must then, be so difficult as well, though, because mm. you don't want to let your parents down. And it exactly. must be so difficult for, you know, your parents, because at the end of the day, they don't want to let their own parents down. So, mm. you know, if you're voicing your opinion and saying, no, I don't want to do this, this long-term tradition, 
but it must be really difficult for See, them as well. I, I think so. Our parents, they they came over here and they had um, it was their safety net, yeah. right? That how how they lived their lives in their community. You know, there was a lot of difficulties for them fitting into society here and, and and navigating here, and and so they had certain ways that worked for them, okay. and they felt, I guess, those were the best decisions for us as well. Yeah, um, and so it worked for generations. You know, arranged marriages works. Yeah, it, you know, and the due diligence gets done. The the family are there. You know, you mm. have somebody. So you know, it comes from I think a good place. Mm. And we were very young um, to understand, uh, exactly. you know, more and different. And also, you know, about representation of role models. It's very very common um, in in the community that we grew up. Mm. Um, and so. We, although we we were born here and grew up here, and yeah. you know, maybe as little girls we thought we were going to wear a white dress. Family towels, yeah, down the church aisle. But at the same time, for us, it was very normal that we were going to have an arranged marriage. Yeah. So I think it's um yeah it's it's quite interesting. It, it didn't feel like anything wrong was happening, but at the same time, mm-hmm. we we still had aspirations yeah. to have you know, an identity of ourselves. And, and that came from education, which led to a career and something different. Yeah. But we didn't have that role model or that representation to be able to put a name or a tag or, you know, a case behind it and say yeah. to our parents, you know, this can also happen. So like now we can mm. help others by showing, you know, we have careers we haven't rejected our culture or yeah. practices or our family. And, and you can, yeah. you can take, um, and, and balance things and, uh, and, and be successful, um, in this multicultural environment. Yeah. But before they didn't have that. No. So, yeah. Yeah. So it, it's just, uh, it was, it's normal because when my grandfather arrived, um, and his um, brothers arrived, and but my grandmother didn't want to come um, for various reasons. She didn't want to come, and then it was like my mum's turn when she came, yeah. got married to my dad. My dad was very young; uh, he came to this country when he was eight years old. When he could have come before, he was mm. the youngest child. But yeah. um, the thing is that because my grandmother was a homemaker, my mum was a homemaker, and then they, it's just the. And I broke that um, after marriage when I realized, when I understood much later. Yeah. No, this is, I'm, yeah, I'm happy to be a mum and a homemaker. Yeah. But I also want to work. I also want to do something else. Yeah. I just don't want them to settle for this, the second best I saw it. Yes. Yeah. I want to, for the first best, what makes me happy. Mm. And I want to inspire and lead the way because I'm one of the eldest in the sisters and I want to lead the path for my sisters. Mm. But my parents or our parents um, in their day and age, they thought that was the right decision. Yes. It was normal. Okay, fine. Yeah, because we lead the way. If we have this, then our sisters will follow our footsteps. But they forgot we are growing up in a multicultural, multi-faith society. Yeah. And, you know, so we, they, they actually grew with us, I think, our parents. Mm-hmm. They learned it through us. And then with our second sibling, 
they were treated differently. Although my sisters are six years younger than me. Yeah. Um, so it was different for for them. Yeah, they didn't uh, have arranged marriage. No, they didn't have. No. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. It, it stopped with us. Yeah, it stopped so, with us. So we bizarre. Help. Did you yeah. ever speak to your parents about that? And so. Yeah, well, we did later. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, like like Nathan says, we helped change the norm. Yeah, yeah. we helped show them that you're not going to lose us. Yeah, and which is them. the most amazing thing. Yeah. Yes, yeah, because it was important for us, yeah. uh, you know, to make our parents happy, not make them sad, or you know, embarrass our community. Yeah, uh, it was important that. And that's status, a lot of their reputation. It's a lot well. of weight on it our is. shoulder. But it's we don't not, want to lose that. No. Uh, it's part of our identity. It's yeah. part of our identity. We just couldn't feel like, oh no, not having a relationship with my parents. Which brings us back to you can have it all. You, you can. can. You, you can. You can. And so that's that's what I did. You know, we listened, I listened, got married, and I became pregnant straight away. It's mm-hmm. just um it just happened and I was happy with my eldest one. It was just like a learning process. And the first 10, 12 years of my marriage, I just focused on, um, you know, finding my way around being a mom, yeah. being a daughter-in-law, being a wife. And, and all those was, expectations that come And all on those expectations. Oh, yeah. But you know what? Um, I've been blessed with an in-law who are so wonderful and mm-hmm. so westernized and modern and they've been so nice to me and so supportive yeah and that my mother-in-law she was a very strong uh inspirational woman she had her own leadership in her you know dad's side of the family village and also mm-hmm. her in-laws side of the family and I just you know looked up on upon her and I thought like, wow you know how does she do this mm. you know bosses in a friendly way in a nice way and they really obeyed her yeah and this woman she's what a from- great another sorry but what yeah. a great event that we could we could do of mothers of daughters in leadership yeah yeah bringing all those mothers together I know. mothers in-laws everything I know but you know my mother didn't teach me all that my what my mother-in-law taught because my mother was very simple very you know, choir and I think, soccer. yeah, um, our mothers uh, did a good job to uh, bring us up as good housewives. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we can cook a curry mm. with anything. Good housewives. <laughs> to, to any of our, um, our other mothers who are listening, um, it's not an easy job either. Though. It's not. You know, people think stay-at-home mums, oh, yeah, they've got it easy. I tell you what, today, us coming here in to, to London is a massive relief for me. It's it's a time to get away. I can be by myself. I can relax. Even though it's work, it doesn't feel like work, you know. But when you're a stay-at-home mum and you've got the children there, it's you can't get away from that. You can't get a break because, especially if they're young children. I mean, we're finding it a little bit easier at the moment with our eldest Harry. He's three and a half, yeah. so he's he's quite happy to play and do puzzles and drawing, get creative. Whereas Zachary, who is about nineteen months. He is everywhere. Yeah. He's if you're not watching him, he's climbing the tables. He's eating sand. He's in the dog uh, water bowl. <laughs> you know, it, it's yeah. not easy. Whilst you also then got to try and cook dinner, clean up after them all, do the nappies. Yeah, you know, it's, it, it's full easy. on. It's full on duty. But in a way, why it's good for mums to work as well and have that yeah. flexibility because when you go out of that setting to a different setting. Hmm. 
your you come back to your children and your partner, your family as yes. a happier person, and you can deliver your best. Yes, the positive attitude. Yeah, because in that time they missed you and you missed them. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and then also you had a break and you got to do what you wanted to do. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like when we went to the House of Lords on Monday. Um, that was lovely, and I came home and um, they were obviously asleep. But the next day. I couldn't wait to get them ready for school and, mm -hmm. you know, all of the mundane, well, not mundane tasks because I love my children to bits, but yeah. all of the things are actually quite stressful. Mm -hmm. I couldn't wait to do, putting them to bed, bathing them, getting them all clean. Um, so, yeah, like you say, it's really important as well just to step back sometimes. Can I Yes. yes. Um, so what motivated you? to become into a, um, or, or to pursue a career in public service, would you say? Um, but there's lots of reasons I can talk about. So one of the reasons is that I was very passionate about what was happening locally in okay. terms of uh, um, community centres, local developments, NHS, student union, you know, all these things like tuition fee rising, uh, NHS service being cut, and like uh, early year services, like home starts and short starts. And that was really bothering me. And I can hear parents in the playground moaning about this stuff. And yeah. I just used to listen and think like, what's the point of just talking to each other and moaning if you're not going to take any action? <laughs> yeah. So I'm that kind of person who yeah. like to sometimes talk less and take more action. I know I do get carried away sometimes. <laughs> Um, the people who knows me and they know me. Like, depend. Anyway, so then I thought, okay, um, and plus with the school, they didn't, that my children were going, they didn't have a long school meal. Okay. And they used to come every Friday, used to be a treat day, and they'll have a, like a roast chicken or something right. like non veg. And, and my children, uh, you know, mostly children, you know, they don't like vegetarian and vegetables and stuff yeah. like that. And, it's, it's just like they used to be upset and it was wrong. Oh, it's not fair. They had that and we couldn't eat that. And that used to make me sad. Yeah. And then I, then I thought about it. Oh no, they need protein, animal source of product for yeah. their development. And this is the essential time for them to have this. And from animal product, you, you know, it, um, I know there's lots of people can argue, vegetarian people, you can get it from other sources like lentils or, you know, tofu, mm. but it's not the same. It doesn't satisfy the child's need. And it's very important. The child feels happy as well in terms of their performance and wanting to do and it should be um the government provides the eco fund so they should and then I, uh, this vacancy came up on the newsletter school newsletter and it's uh was for parent governor oh okay mm. um, and then because before that i was talking to the school the head teacher and they were saying oh we don't have the we haven't met the threshold for Muslim, uh, the okay. percentage, and yeah. blah, blah. We were like slightly one or two percent under. And I argued and I said, no, 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 stop it. So I found that opportunity. Yeah. We threw there. Yeah. I sit in the school board meeting and I can have those people represented, not only my children. Yeah. And then, yeah, I got elected, I became a parent governor. And I was the only person, brown skin, Muslim hijabi, and there were, and you know what? They didn't make me feel odd. They welcomed me, and it was yeah. really nice that feeling. Although I was like very shy, it's a new thing that I stepped in. 
And all I said to myself, closed my eyes, I said, look, I'm going for, not just for my children, yeah, for all the other children. Mm. And I think, you know, it's worth it. And the first meeting was just listening and understanding books. and observing because I wanted to understand the system. I just did it. And then the second meeting that I attended, I start speaking and questioning. Yeah. And then, you know, all these things, we made little improvement. We had baby steps and that's Obviously, the first thing I brought up was the home. Yeah. And I didn't give up. I, I fought and fought for a year and eventually they had to. Mm. Because I gave the scientific evidence, the reason I started doing research. I wasn't, I didn't go to university at the time. Yeah. Because I, as I said, I didn't go to college because I got married um, quite young. And then I said, okay, this is the thing I'm going to look up on. And I did mm. that. And it was very interesting. And they were like, like that. <laughs> Okay, so this person, she is not uh, as what we thought. Yeah. You know, she has done her research and she has compared. And so they couldn't argue back and then slowly they had to implement it. Yeah. And it was a victory for, and all the parents were really happy. And then I, whatever, in the school playground, they used to feed back to me. I used to go and present them. So I'm I'm smiling because when when I found out that NASA was in the politics, I, I was not surprised <laughs> because uh, I remember back in school, um, anything like, um, I don't know, the showers were not working or oh, okay. sports and the teacher would, you know, say, oh, it's okay. And she'd be like, no, it's not okay. Working in the hot water. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and, you know, like in the shower rooms, there were no cubicles and, yeah. you know, some girls were not comfortable about that yeah. and, and we'd have to wait and then we'd be late for class mm-hmm. and they get hold off in class and, and she used to go and protest. And <laughs> yeah, I'm not wearing shorts for PE. Yeah, I'm not wearing shorts for PE and things like that. And so, uh, or if she'd see someone lost and she's running late for class, but she'd go up to them and she'd take them to their class and oh. then she'd go to class. So when yeah. we heard she's in politics and we're like, yeah, that should have happened sooner. Yeah, <laughs> but I never saw myself in politics. I used to distance my health from politics. I used to hate politics because I had the wrong perception about right. it. Okay. And I think a lot of young generation these days, they also have that wrong perception. Mm-hmm. It's how you want to uh, see politics. You can see it from a different angle. Everybody has their own style. So yeah. my style, that I, what drove me into politics was the community work, the charity okay. work, school, local developers, look all the local issues. And although the, um, when my children went to primary school, when they went to full time, I went back to study. And that was another mission accomplished because there were so many obstacles coming in my way. Yeah. You know, it, but my in-law, my husband, they were supportive. My parents were supportive. They wanted to help me make things better. But me being a little bit stubborn, now I'm going to be an independent woman. I'm going to do it all yeah. by myself. Um, and I refused to take their help and I wanted to do it my way. And then I looked at what sort of help would I get when I go back into study? And I looked at like, you know, short starts, um, then breakfast club. And our school didn't have a breakfast club. They had after school club, mm. but I needed those breakfast club because my class is going to start at nine. Yeah. Children need to be at the nine. So I won't have time. I'll miss the morning session. Then I was talking to the school, well, no, parents, um, they need a breakfast club because it encourages other children to eat breakfast and breakfast is an essential yeah. meal of the day. 
blah, blah. And, and also it helps uh, if you want us to go back into study and work mm. because this is what the government wants. Yes. Then you need to provide all this support for us. Absolutely. And we shouldn't be having to pay this private um, breakfast club or, you know, yeah. they're, they're so expensive. We can't afford that. How are we going to afford that? Yeah. And that puts people off going back into work. Oh, it does. Higher, yeah. higher ed- education. And um, the school lesson, and I also used to go to, um, we had Friday coffee mornings, mm-hmm. and the Friday coffee mornings were really small, and then it became bigger because I used to encourage not only mums to come there, yeah. dads also. Mm-hmm. I used to grab, I talk to them, have a conversation in the playground, and kind yeah. of like softly grab them into it, just just one cup of coffee, and if you don't like it, you can. Yeah, it's like I was working for the school, but <laughs> <laughs> I needed my group to be bigger. My yes. they're my army, you know. Yeah. So the the bigger voice we represent, the yes. more likely we're able to achieve. Yes. Um, I don't know. It just naturally came. I think something mm. like my mother-in-law and also my in-laws' family. They're all in politics and stuff like that, which I okay. Yeah. Um. But that's different. Yeah. To what how I did my things. Um. So what do you think? What benefits do you think that? Um, especially Camden as a community, but any community um, can get from having more women in leadership roles? Um, I think well, women um, in leadership role is very important because we need to show in our children, next generation, mm-hmm. that women can do it. They can be a mum, they can work and they can be successful. So it doesn't mean, and nowadays I see like in our days, we, girls got married young and they're more energetic and more fertile than had children. And like yeah. nowadays, like they don't want to get married because they think, like, oh, if I get married and I have a family, it would be a, like too much pressure. Mm-hmm. And they leave it too later and so late, then they rush things. Yes. And then what happens? Um, you have to find a balance. Mm. So I think it's, it's, it depends on individual what you want to pursue. And we're just like, you know, showing it, me, Rudy, and other women, you know, we're a trailblazer. I've yeah. been called a trailblazer by the leader of the council. And she said, Nurse, you're leading the way. You're young. <laughs> you have a young child. You bring a child in the council. I asked them politely, can I bring my little one into our, um, some of our council meetings and trainings? Um, because it's not like telecasting. Yeah. I won't take when it's not appropriate for her. Mm. And they said, yeah, sure. And I, so I took my little one in and she was okay and happy. And so sometimes she'll, child will be a child. Yes. yes. They need to see what their mummy's doing. They need to go into different settings. And that's how they learn. The more you expose your yeah. child, like, you know, when we take them to the park, you expose them to germs, sand, soil. Yeah. You know, they develop their immune system. That's the same way when you expose the child to the environment. That's such a they good They develop. They, you know, they become more socialized and they learn a lot of things. Um, because nowadays children, they lack in self-confidence mm. and they, they might be called antisocial. Yes. Whose fault is it? It's our fault. We feel it's safer keeping them indoor okay. and yeah. then like playing on them, um, you know, going on the internet or yeah. playing games online and socializing online. Yeah. But but also, I mean, 
if if you look at mm-hmm. um, teams where it's more diverse, yeah. yeah. You see, there's a more engagement from the team, mm. which results in more productivity, yeah. creativity. That's the great and, thing about pandemic: <laughs> the teams meeting and Zoom meeting. Yeah, I do miss. I did miss the face-to-face one, but that's also the great thing about the pandemic is the teams and Zoom meeting. Carry on, I'll tell you. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think you know, at, at least from my experience, where I've seen there's more women in leadership teams. Yeah, you get more innovation because you get different perspectives, mm-hmm. um, different ideas are brought to the table. And I think, you know, otherwise what happens is you only get one style, one mindset, yeah. mm. um, and, you know, one way of working. Um, whereas, and, and it's not just a, about women, it's, it's diversity as a total. So people with different backgrounds, different age groups. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think, you know, the most successful teams that I've seen mm. are, are the more diverse ones. And, and there are more uh, women in, in those leadership roles mm. because they... I think also just um, naturally, maybe, I don't know if there's any science behind it, probably, uh, but just naturally women tend to um, be more team orchestrators mm-hmm. um, and so are more sort of uh, considerate, generalizing around, you know, yeah. uh, have you got something to say or, yeah. because sometimes, especially when you're doing remote working, it's difficult to engage those team who are working on virtual meeting. Um, um, what I've noticed in my experiences where there is a woman who's leading, we'll, we'll check in on everyone. Did you have something to say? Did you have something yeah. to add? Whereas that's so interesting because I actually do that in most of our meetings. That we have. <laughs> yeah. Especially with our um, advertising meetings and things like that. I'm always like sort of trying to include everybody, trying to, and especially, you know, when it comes to innovation um, and coming up with new ideas, it's trying to bring everybody together. Yes. yes. You know, yeah. and, and actually it was a, I know you raised a point earlier where you said um, it's important to, you know, bring your children mm, into that yes. environment. But also I think as, you know, women in leadership roles, I think it's really important to actually show some of our other um, women in business that this is the norm. Mm-hmm. You know, if we, I was speaking to the lovely Valentina from Signify and she was saying, you know, she makes a point to say, right, we've got a hard stop at half two, for instance, because I need to go and collect my child from nursery or I've got to go to a football game, making that the norm so that then if they've got to ask for time off mm. because of wh- whatever reason your child is sick or you need to go to a one of their plays, you know, anything like that, then they don't feel like they can't come to you. Mm. and ask for that time off yeah yeah so I'm the flexibility that I have with my current work because um before when I you know took an interest um Mm. I shared it with my children because it was very important they say because they're they're part of me they're my arm and leg so if I'm dysfunctional yeah if I, um, my children are not happy, then obviously I'm not going to be happy at work and I'm not going to yeah. do my best. And so I explained to them, I kind of convinced them. And I also spoke to the office and I said, listen, my children are my first priority. I, I will need flexibility. I need to be there for the parents' evening. I need to be there when they need me, when they call yeah. me. And that's how I was convinced to, to you know, um, although you know, I was, I kept on saying no, no, because I was happy with my the job that I was already in. Because I went back as a mature student, I did my post undergraduate, postgraduate, 
And then I became a, and I, I did an international public health nutrition course. Mm-hmm. So I'm a bi-professional public health nutritional consultant. Okay. I did my, I, I used to do one to one consultation, group consultation. I was happy with there. And when then where would I want to do this? They're like I only get an allowance. It's not a great pay. It's not going to provide, you know, bread and butter and bills, pay off bills. And yeah. it was like a crazy thing because I was passionate about doing this and it's to make me happy. The more I said, no, it attracted me. But the good thing is that I didn't only encourage mothers, I encouraged fathers as well. Yeah. Because, you know, children miss out on their dad. Yes. And they need to see what dad is doing. So I used to encourage my male colleagues, oh, you know, you guys should bring your children and they need to see what daddies are doing. Because some yeah. of them used to do school runs. They used to pick up. Mummies used to drop off. Daddies used to pick up. Yeah. And I encouraged them and they brought the children. First meeting, they were bored. Second meeting, uh, like first meeting, so they were, you know, the coloring books are reading. Second meeting, they put everything away. They're listening. They're curious. Like, <laughs> daddy or mummy, what did they say? Yeah. And so they want to know, they want to learn. Yeah. They take an interest. So imagine like they're learning. It's so important at that stage because their minds and their brains are just like sponges anyway. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So they learn when, if they start learning at an early age, because you're, you're exposed to them, that means you're giving, feeding your child knowledge, mm. lots of knowledge. And it's just happening naturally with the flow. And yeah. sometimes books can be boring, yes. but being in the setting, could yeah. be fun. And I, I think your point around, you know, for other women and, and men, you know, having more women in leadership roles would mean that for them it becomes the norm. But also mm. for the next generation, yeah. it becomes the norm. And and I always, like uh, a while ago, I went to uh, a networking event for women. And, um, and I remember explaining you know, what the agenda is, why we have this women in networking event. And, yeah. um, and my daughter was very much like, you know, her channeling her inner feminist sort of yay, yay. Yeah. And my son was like, why on earth do we need things like that? Why, why, why <laughs> can we not have anything like that? Yeah. Um, and, and for me, that's the, you know, the next generation speaking that because what he's seen is both of his parents work yeah. at home and at work. Yeah. And, you know, there is that equality and everybody has, you know, their own opportunity to to be heard and, and to do what they're passionate about. Mm. Um, and, and that's really, really promising because that tells us, you know, we've got a workforce in the future yeah. where, you know, these topics won't be topics. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So mine was slightly different because I was bringing up my children single-handedly because I have a long-distance relationship. Okay. And so my husband, you know, is mostly abroad. Okay. And so I had to be their mummy and their daddy. Uh, must have, must have but been tough. It has, it has been tough, but I'll say it, it made me a more stronger person and it also... Mm unintentionally inspired other single parents yeah. to do things. It doesn't matter if you, you know, you can do it. Yeah. You just need to be dedicated and passionate about it. Just follow your dream. It takes a time, but you'll get there. Yeah. Mm. So especially with, you know, being a single parent, but um, for anybody for, and for the both of you, what would you say is maybe the key element to manage not only success, manage your home life mm. as well as your work life 
what would you say is that one element that that helps with that? Do you want to do this? <laughs> element, okay. Oh, yeah. I think uh, don't strike for perfection. Okay. Right? Yeah. Um, because it's um, every day is different. Some days, um, you know, you balance it perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the to-do list gets done, all the meetings are successful, home is amazing. Yeah. But then some I days... I love the to-do list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've got so many of those, right? And I keep writing one every day and I, sit, I keep thinking, oh my goodness, but what about my other one? I keep I... binning that one and then start first. <laughs> but, but some days things just won't work out. It's just yeah. not a good day. Uh, for whatever reasons, you know, out of your control. So w- what I've learned is, you know, um, I, I like to be, I need to organize and plan yeah. and, you know, mm. time management and all of this does come into play. But um, early on in my career, because of the the experience that I had, yeah, um, and also at that time there were not many women in the field that I was working in, okay, um, especially at leadership roles. So it was um, what, what I ended up doing is keeping my private life private, mm. very private to the point that for years and years, my colleagues didn't even know that I had children. Really? Because what I, what I from that one experience realized was that my private life, who I am, what makes me me, um, was, uh, costing me opportunities. Mm. Um, and so I had to hide a lot of Which those is so things. unfair. It really mm. is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, and so I would not share much about my private life yeah. at all. Um, and what I've now found is the best way is to be yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and that's, that's, that's what I do. So I, I have, okay. you know, just some days I am myself where I'm incredibly efficient. Yeah. And, and so I don't draw that black and white line anymore. No. I used to, you know, this is home and mm-hmm. this is work and not let the two sort of cross over. Okay. But then what I found was as you're climbing the ladder, um, you have to bring work into home. And so somehow I was, you know, home and personal life was getting less and less attention and work was getting more yeah. and more on me. And then I thought, no, this just doesn't feel right. So I think, you know, it's been trials and errors and I've got to the point where um, there is no clear line uh, of home work-life balance. It's mm-hmm. a they both fall in and out and and I think it's just about um, whatever feels right to you at that point in your career and in your life. Right now, you know, my children uh, don't need me and I yeah. don't have the, the responsibilities that I used to taking care of family so I can focus more on me and, and yeah. what I want to do and developing myself, whereas at one point that was not the case. Yeah. So I think... I mean, I know I've said to you before, Bougie, you're a bit of a, a superwoman. You have your role at, is it head of procurement at GE? Yes. Then you work with Regency Recruitment and you also do work with... Um, projects Against Plastic. Projects Against Plastic. How how do you do all of that? She does lots of other stuff as well. <laughs> as well as being my accountant. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Absolutely crazy. I, I, they, they all interlink. Um, and you know, it's, it's all about, you know, I, I just where I can add value and where I can grow. 
Um, and those things, when they come together, those two things, I, I can make that time and I get yeah. that energy naturally. But again, I think it's, and, and this is what I also encourage when I'm mentoring or even um, at work with my team, I'm always, this is my first point is whatever is right for you right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. And, and that's different for everybody. Um, there's young parents There's people who have just come out of university. There's people who are returning to work, people sort of, you know, towards the end of their career. And everybody has different priorities. Yeah. And I think, you know, we should allow people to have that space to focus on what feels right for them rather than prescribing. Yes. There's a certain way you climb the ladder or, you know, you get advice. I've had so many mentors in my time and all these advice around, you know, what percentage of time we should dedicate to work or wake up at 5 a.m. and read this and do this. Whatever feels right for you, whichever day. Some days I'm up 5 a.m. reading and some days I'm like, oh, I just want to stay in bed. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So what about for you, Nance? For me, um, um, I have actually, you know, learned it maybe the hard way, I guess, um, but it was for the best. My husband, he's too busy with his, his politics, his businesses. Um, so I spent a lot of time being at home and, so providing for the family and also I spent a lot of quality great time with my mother and I don't have no regrets actually I learned a lot and through that sorry I learned is how to prioritize and balance and multitask where I was observing like where maybe he could have done a little bit better but he was you know you don't see yourself no you don't realize how you're doing it and but then you know, he tried his best, that's his way, and and there's lots of things we adapted slowly. And then I said to my children, like, when I go into work or, you know, when in leadership, they were worried, like, oh, we've lost dad, now we're going to lose you. But oh. <laughs> And I said, no, no, it's not going to be like that. You will have yeah. your mother and your mother will be there. You just let me know when you need me. And you don't even have to let me know. I'll be there. Yeah all the time for you guys. And so that's what I did. I did the things slightly differently. from like the what... Mary Poppins of Camden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I did things slightly differently. And I, yeah. I did what felt right. I listened to what my children needed. I listened to what I wanted to do. Mm. You have to listen to your mind and your body. And as Reggie said, some days you might be you know, consistent, some days you might not be. Um, it's just you, you have lots of you have to listen and you have to take it easy mm. because otherwise you can have a nervous breakdown you can become <laughs> ill and sometimes we yeah. do that we stop, stop taking care of ourselves yeah if we're happy if we're healthy then you can look after someone else yeah yeah and so that's important and spending quality time is also important you, and it's hard to sometimes balance and I do sometimes get carried away I can't switch off like when I'm at home mm. I'm still like looking at my emails to say something oh like when I when I go in bed I'm yeah thinking, okay let me check something my, par- my partner is exactly yeah. like that my husband to be bless him but he is exactly like that and I constantly have to tell him I think because I'm sort of the other way where because I know he's constantly thinking about work and he obviously runs the the main operations within our business bless him 
so and he does a brilliant job of doing that and a father which is equally hard for the men doing that yeah you know um but he struggle really struggles just to switch off whereas for me as soon as it's half two quarter to three when I've got to go and pick up the boys that's it I don't look at my phone until after I put them to bed because it's yeah. stressful. Whereas, you know, he'll quickly check on his uh, emails and then there'll be something that he feels like he needs to reply to. And mm-hmm. then, you know, even as you say at bedtime, he'll wake up at two in the morning and receive an email and he'll have to look at it. Yeah. So one thing that I learned also from a friend and sometimes I seek advice for um to the right people, the yeah. professional, to trusted people, because not everybody will understand. There might be, um, you'll seek advice from different people for different things. So this sort of advice I would seek from Ruji, and Ruji said to me, Naz, sometimes it's like uh, whatever you give mm-hmm. to another person, they're going to constantly demand that from you. So you don't, if you're always like constantly giving them or responding to emails, mm. like, you know, promptly and it. you just have to let them come in and then take your time and then you'll answer it. It's just like when you're upset and don't say anything. Yeah. Say things when you're in a, you know, yourself. Um, so that, that's what I do. So, you know, like in the mornings, now I tend to not to look at my emails or my WhatsApp. She just messaged me this morning and I didn't see that because I was too busy, you know, spending time with my little one, wearing yeah. her and getting my other things ready. Um, and I, I do tell my colleagues, I'm not on my phone every five minutes. Yeah. And I shouldn't be because this is what we're going to teach. And we're like last week we had the children take over day and, you know, they were talking about all this stuff. It's like what we are the role model, what they see from us. And when I go on holiday, I'll switch off, you know, it shouldn't be phone, work phone or yes. this, that, you know, you should be enjoying yourself, should be relaxed, the children should be, you should be giving your full attention to them and relax. And same thing with my partner, he tries, but sometimes it's, it's very difficult, you know, because they're yeah. just used to it, it just have to come from you. And um, I'm sorry if I'm going off the topic. No, 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 you're fine. Ruji has always been uh, like out of my friend circle, mm. one person who I looked up because we both were, we grew up in Camden, similar family setting. And it's not we were given to us something. Uh, yeah. We were if the silver spoon or golden yes. spoon. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. We had to work hard. Mm-hmm. But there was a big gap between us. Uh, about 18 years yeah yeah we lost contact we lost oh contact. wow okay yeah we lost contact um the reason being is back in the days there wasn't like smartphones mobile yeah, phones, Facebook and like, and, yeah facebooks and instagram and then she moved um outside london and i was most of the time you know abroad in Bangladesh, and it's just, it was really difficult, but, you know, I missed her. She was always, you know, close to me. And I said, like, I want to know how she's doing. And her, uh, whenever I used to bump into old friends and I ask, and yeah. I'm, sure, I'm sure she did the same. And then suddenly, you know, decided to, you know, go on social media, Facebook, yeah. and my friends were at uni saying, which planet do you live on now? So we can't find you on social media. <laughs> I said, I don't like social media because I was so scared of social media. Because, yeah. um, you know, there's negatives and positive things about yeah. it. The positive thing was that I found Ruji. Ruji found me. <laughs> um, I can't remember who found who first. 
I can't remember. <laughs> we found each other. <laughs> we found each other. Anyway, so yeah. So once we got connected, we just chat, chat, you know, messaging, and and it was just so funny. We were just like glued onto each other, and it was so nice, you know, over chat. Um, but you know, we don't have the luxury time to be on the phone or yeah. chat, chatting, or you know, seeing each other. But whenever we do. We it's like it was we, no time apart. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So there's no expectation, there's no demand, there's no attachment, and I like that. And she gives me that space, and I give her that space, yeah. and it should be like that. And it's really under. And I, I really respect that, and that's why maybe we're still friends, mm. um, I guess. And you know, she lives so far, but she's dedicated. She's committed. I have so many friends who live in Camden. And I can call some of them my close friend, best friend. But when I became, when I was becoming the mayor, it's a big role when I a deputy mayor. And I, I thought about like who I should make my consort, escort, or my mayor. Mm. And I said to myself, "Now nah, I'm going to break the tradition. Now Nazma's already known as the <laughs> difficult one. So I wasn't a difficult child, but... I am challenging and I'm unique. Good. And I broke their tradition. I didn't make my husband my mayoress um, or my consort. I chose Is that my what normally child- happens? Then? Yes. Okay. Yeah, normally okay. that happens. I chose my childhood friend. Yeah. And I think it shouldn't, oh, it's boring just doing the same thing that people have been doing for a generation. Mm. And we, we are an example to the society, to the community. And another successful woman behind a successful woman could be another successful woman. Exactly. It doesn't have to be a successful woman. It could be another woman. Uh, Just encouraging them into whatever they want to do. Yeah. You know, I have, um, I remember my um, little cousin, Vesa, she, well, she's not so little. She's uh, 19. So she's, our family come from Santanina. Um, and she's currently away there at the moment. But um, I remember when I was talking with her and, you know, she was saying, oh, I don't know what I want to do, whether it's university or whatever. And I was like, you know, I was very much pressured into going to university. Mm-hmm. It was, if you don't go to university, you're not going to make anything of yourself. So, and I went for three months and I hated it. I didn't like studying. I didn't like going out and getting drunk and drinking and that social aspect to it. I just wanted to work. Mm. I loved working. I've worked since, you know, I was probably about 13 years old. My mother, um, you know, she was always a hard worker. She was a single um, parent. So, you know, she has always been my role model Mm. to work. And I think it's really important, especially with the younger generation, to say, you know, have some more experience. And I remember talking with um, James the other day about our own children. And when it gets to this point, you never know what, you know, what's going to be available for them in 10, 20 years time. But I think it's so important that before they think about going into university, getting into debt and things like that is to actually understand, um, you know, the different types of jobs out there. Where can go and start from the bottom yeah. mm-hmm. in different industries and get some experience before deciding what you want to um, exactly. study at university. I'm I'm so passionate about it because I think you know at the age of eighteen, nineteen, it's what? too late. It's too late to think about it. Exactly. Then. This is why I sorry to interrupt. No, this fine. is why I chose my male chosen charity is to support young people. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I should mention the charity name. 
you can. You yeah, can, can, absolutely. Yeah. So I chose Young Cameron Foundation because mm-hmm. I'm raising awareness and fundraising for them. And also I chose Duke of Edinburgh Ward, I'm so, uh, Camden, mm-hmm. and I'm raising awareness for them. It's because it's to give the children the opportunity at younger age, yeah. um, when they're in secondary school, expose them to other activities and that they never knew that they would enjoy. So if you're, if you expose them to extracurricular activities, mm-hmm. then that means they can reach to their full potential. So by the time when they finish their GCSE and if they choose to go to, uh, do at their A level, then they can pick what career path they want they to go to. to because they've already had a taster yes. of everything. Yeah. And so it's not going to be a waste of money, like going into university because there's lots of people I know yeah. from IA. And, you know, they did a degree in this subject and they're doing something else. For yes. example, I, I will go back to my day job, you know, <laughs> nutrition job. You know, that's something I'm very passionate about. And yeah. I'm applying it every day. You know, it's not something that's gone out of me, but it will be there. Yes. Um, yeah, so that this is very important to support children and give them that support. Mm. Like you said, you know, um, you know, you didn't like university, you didn't want to study, you hated yeah. it. It's not for everyone. But there was no other options was, that were really, exactly. you know, I think sometimes having um, an apprenticeship versus mm. going to university, university is always considered as, um, you know, the best thing that you can do in mm. your career. Yeah. I, I think that's what we had, an apprenticeship in life before. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> started yeah you know, explore avenues and, and actually you can take so much um so much like so many skills so, yeah. so many life skills and bring into and take those into Correct. an organization yeah and actually just learning i mean for me personally having children has taught me patience oh endurance you know, mm. oh my goodness i mean yeah endurance um expectations balancing so, yes absolutely multitasking. <laughs> multitasking i think i think you know us women we and actually i have don't that. know why men think that women are not capable of like being on the top where we can yeah leave, do everything in the house from yeah. a to z i know and they think we can't do anything actually they from can't the do what we, we can do i know we can manage boardroom and home life exactly <laughs> yeah um yeah, so I also wanted to say the other things that's really good, inspires and motivates young people is um, at the time when I went back into college as a middle student, I never heard of Jack Pitch Award. I don't know if you heard of it, Ruji, like when you were in school. Not in school. Not in school. So we didn't, I didn't hear about it. So as a mature student, you know, because when I went to college, I didn't tell any of the 17, 18 year old or the teachers, like I'm, so I didn't want to. Only... The head teacher knew and the deputy head knew. And they yeah. said, why? And I said, because I don't want them to treat me any different. Mm. Uh, the teachers to treat me any special, the children to think like, oh, she's married, she's mature. And I wanted to be one of them. Yeah. I wanted to fit in. I wanted to enjoy it. Um, that what I missed out. And I did. And towards the end, uh, because I, I don't know, um, you know, Jack Petchy, they kept on nominating, nominating, and I won. And the first one, the category was you have to be under 25. Mm. And then I went to the teacher and said, I'm sorry, I cannot accept this Jack Petchy award that I've been nominated. And he said, why? I said, I'm, I'm above 25. Mm. They said, what do you mean? And he couldn't believe it. And I said, you know, I yes. was in my, uh, 28, I was 28 then. And then, 
He said, I have to check. And he went on the computer and checked because I'm like, oh, and he didn't believe me. Yeah. And I said, what song do you use? What's your skin? Yeah, I don't know. And I just said, oh, I was just laughing. And then he said, oh, my, you know, then we're going to nominate you for the leadership award and the governor's award. And then, then I got another nomination. So I won that one. And that was for like teacher's category or the library. And yeah. I'm a student. And I fell in that leadership category and I don't know yeah. how, how I did that because I became a class rep, I became a centre rep and I then I became the whole five branch college rep. Yeah. And I was just, you know, I did get motivated through my deputy head teacher and students, uh, you know, to do this, pushing mm. me. And the thing is that I think when I won the Jack Petsch Award, not that I wanted to, yeah. it made me realize uh, that I can believe in myself. I can do it. Yeah. I'm not stupid. I'm not dumb. Yeah. It's just. You're not I, just a mum. I'm not just a mum. It's just, um, it made me open my eyes and yeah. believe in myself. I can do more than what I, you know, imagine. And. It just get, I don't know, it's, it's, it's the appreciation yeah. and getting credit for the hard work you do. It's very important, not children, maybe not that often, even adults, you know, how often do we tell each other, thank you for the contribution, the work yeah. you've done. How often do I get my resident uh, thanking me? Uh, very rarely. <laughs> and how often do you get, um, you know, picked on and being bullied and yeah. all this stuff? A lot of time they get random people doing it. That's a small group. Mm. But sometimes it feels good. Like the other week I was dropping my, I was picking up my little one from nursery. I'm just going to interrupt. So how are we doing on time? Okay. Yeah, you're, um, we've got, yeah, we've got 15 minutes. So do you want well, we to? we go a little bit over. I said I can leave about. We'll, I want to get some shots of all three of you, but I sure. think what we do, we'll quickly wrap every pack of nuts. Yeah. And then just head outside. Head outside and take some. Absolutely. But you do want to, to go through some of very important questions that uh Things were just a guide. Don't worry, don't worry too much. I'm just thinking people But you can always um Okay, I just want to say that we come No oh, no 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 no. We can we talk about the fifty plus? That's very important. No, I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> What's the fifty plus? Okay, I want to um so pay gut people talk about a lot, but we can networking. You can uh, send Becky to make sure. Because then she can use yeah. that for yeah. the, because the, the, I mean, the questions are just a guide. Okay. You know. Yeah. Can we talk about like um, the 50 plus and um, did you want to talk anything, um, Ruji? So, you know, the Supportive? email, you know, the email that Becky sent yeah. with the questions mm. and we could just write back okay. to that. Okay, can I just talk about 50 plus, yes, please? Yes, go for it. Okay. So passionate. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's not only just important just to encourage young people mm -hmm. um, to do more or um, I don't know if we want to call us, uh, some people call us young, middle-aged or whatever people. I think age is just a number. Yes, okay. absolutely. Yeah. So what about our mothers, our aunties? Mm. Um, because they spent their, all their life dedicated to their family, bringing up the children. And I've been reaching out to them as well. Um, and I'm so proud of what our local community centres are doing. And it's so diverse. And Camden is so proud of the diversity. And they're supporting this mature um, people 
getting their foot into doing something different yeah and that they couldn't believe that they could do because language barriers or because they didn't have the skills or mobility issues or it could be various mm. they're actually going out and doing courses and they're becoming entrepreneurs in their late 50s in the 60s and it makes and me so proud and like I can see my mum's best friend doing it or neighbor friends doing it and just yeah. it makes me really happy it's their turn it's the, to you know do what they want to do because they didn't get and keep them that. part of the community and as well. keep them part of the community which is where Sylvia's message really aligned yeah. with that actually at the House of Lords because she was saying keep them a part of business they have so much experience and so mm-hmm. much knowledge exactly Absolutely, that they have so much experience and knowledge, they might not be advanced with IT, but then they, they are. They bring other assets. They bring other assets on the table. And it's very important. So I've been celebrating their achievement. I've been inviting them in my Great. council mayor's parlor and mm-hmm. in the council chamber, giving out them certificate, you know, shaking their hands and telling them, well done. Yeah. And that really motivates them. It makes them believe. I Like I believed in myself when I was told, well done, congratulations, yeah. you've done this. It actually helps. And it shows and, that their work isn't going unnoticed. The, yeah, well. and, yeah, yeah, exactly. Their work is not going unnoticed. And this woman, they haven't been celebrated for their achievements. Uh, and this men's as well. And it's really nice, even those people who volunteers in the shelter homes and the community centers in the food bank and warm up, you know, they, they do, it's, it's absolutely wonderful when they get appreciated for the work, the contribution they have given. And it's important. We need to do that daily in our lives. Even, uh, you know, it makes my day when my residents say thank you yeah. for, you know, doing the work you do. And I did get that last week when I was like really feeling really low. And this one resident said that I lift up my mood. I walked into the office like <laughs> bouncing. And then my office was saying, Oh, Naz, what's happened today? What did you go for breakfast? I said, nothing. This one resident made my day. So imagine, you know, you can make someone's day just yeah. with a positive attitude, positive work. It doesn't cost anything. It doesn't cost no. money. And what a great note to end on. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, sweet. Like, subscribe, elevate our voice.